Shut up. We're, we're hot, Ned. It's fine. It's hey, you may be hot, but I am just mildly attractive. <laughs> That's over. That's uh, you guys are both so hot for coming on the show. Uh, welcome to Mindwave. This is Jenner. Uh, I have a surprise episode because uh, earlier, you know, um, in dealing with the global pandemic that is COVID-19, which I'm not going to cover on the show unless I can get an epidemiologist or a virologist or somebody extremely super qualified. Um, I'm I'm just not going to talk about it unless I can have that person in the room. Uh, but throughout the midst of this whole thing, I'm like, so much of this is just culturally Americans are fucking gross. <laughs> I say this as somebody who spent several years cleaning public bathrooms. Americans, you're fucking gross. And I was like, where else in the world do they have like real actual hygiene standards that maybe we can learn from? So earlier on Facebook, I was like, hey, Facebook, uh, who likes Japan? Because I like Japan. Uh, <laughs> and uh, my beautiful friend, Jock Shakiri, who is in Japan. Uh, and brought in his friend Ned, who is also in Japan. I'm like, hey, uh, it's like 2.45 in the morning here, and I'm a couple scotches in, and it's great. What what time is it in Japan, and what the fuck is up, guys? Like, uh, introduce yourselves. Say hi. Uh, I'm a, First off, before we get started, I know this is a, a very professional podcast with a high degree of decorum. Uh, oh, very much. Okay, I'm just going to put a dip in real quick because uh, that's how I roll. So yeah, and I'll gonna... be smoking cigarettes uh, throughout the process. So we take our uh, health standards very seriously here in Japan, as <laughs> you've probably noticed. Um, uh, you were cleaning bathrooms. Were you the guy that wipes the loads off? Um, uh, occasionally. Uh, occasionally it wasn't one of those kind of places, but it was a high stress work environment. That wasn't so much it there. It was a combo thing. There was like a public part and a work part and I was responsible for both. I'm not going to go into any more detail than that, but yeah, no, that was a, that was a work part. Thing. You watch always sunny, right? That's a line. Sorry. Do you watch always sunny in Philadelphia? Oh no, I don't watch anything on TV. It's funny. But I like Charlie Day though, because I'm a Lego Day. movie. I'm a Lego movie nerd, and I love spaceships. Oh, he's great. He's great in the show. But you should really check it out. Very funny. I'm the guy that uh, wipes the load yeah. off. Is, is was one of their best lines. So there you are. You're the guy that wipes the loads off. I'm the guy that wipes the loads off. <laughs> and Ned, hello. Hello. You are also here. I am here. I'm just uh, finishing off a video game. I'll be done in a couple of minutes. Oh, I love it. What are you playing? What are you playing? Uh, I'm playing Hearthstone right now. I uh, I stream occasionally. Um, that's why I got the, the special mic and everything. But, Free yeah. plugs. Plug your shit. <laughs> that's great, man. I, I love gamers. I love streaming. I, I love games. I've, I've been... Uh, trying desperately to get one to install on my computer for the past 80 hours and i think i finally did it like five like five minutes before uh i got you guys on the line we'll get, we'll i was actually that. finally able to like oh i'm gonna get into some shit what was that oh i was just wondering what game it was oh well 
I, let's say I, I acquired it from a friend. Is it a dating simulator? <laughs> no, it's actually uh, Assassin's Creed Origins because You're ashamed I... to play that? We should see the weird shit Ned plays. That's nothing, son. No, 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 no. I'm just <laughs> like... I... I became so good at Japanese and talking to <laughs> Japanese girls. And because I played nothing but dating simulators for 10 years. And I've, that... I've seen some of those. <laughs> And it's that's hysterical and adorable, but uh, yeah, no, I've I've only I'm I'm way behind, way 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 behind on video games. So I'm like I'm catching up, I'm catching up. So I just got introduced to Assassin's Creed like a few months ago. So I'm like, well, obviously I got to go do the ancient Egypt one because like holy fuck, I finished the pirates one and the American Revolution one. I'm like, okay fucking ancient egypt time let's do this yeah shit. i um i actually got assassin's creed syndicate on my computer because they gave it away for free on the epic game store a few months back but i've never gotten around to playing it <sighs> it's a it's a cool franchise i'm liking it i wish they had more puzzles more mind teasers because i'm a tomb raider boy i'm uh, like my favorite franchises of all time is probably tomb raider because they they give you those fucking puzzles man they try to break your brain and i'm like you know to get to the next you got to unlock some shit and uh they do a little bit of that assassin's creed they should do more we are getting so fucking off track, but it's great because I love games. It's a nerd show. Mindwave is the Mindwave universe is chock full of fucking nerds. <laughs> so we are good. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on that and say that like yeah, uh, we're mostly Gen. I, I think either Gen Xers or you know either side of that. Ned's probably I don't know almost a boomer now, um, but. Um, like for example, if you ask me what was what was I doing between eleven and thirteen, I was fucking playing Metroid. That was it. <laughs> I didn't have a job. I just played Metroid. Oh man, old school video gaming was like the best thing. Yeah, it really, 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 really was. Like my favorite fucking thing was fucking Super Nintendo playing like super mario 3 and getting the little leaf and becoming the raccoon and getting a float up it'll like jesus christ the like theme of your childhood go <sighs> you first and then netto i i think i think it has to be super mario 3 okay it's between that and like one that i barely remember playing but i know how legendary the game was was the original on the original nintendo the Zelda gold cartridge. I oh, remember yeah. holding this shit in my hands and feeling like a god. Was that the original? <laughs> it was Zelda like, or was that Zelda 2? Oh. Well, if it was Super Nintendo, it would have been Link or whatever they called it. it. it no, it was, it was the original NES. It You had to put it in and slap it down, uh, uh, and it would always fuck up. Yeah. You got to stick your finger in there and you got to slam it down, and yeah. then you always. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever go back and play the old games? Man, I have a Super Nintendo, and I haven't been able to hook it up in so long. I just moved into a new place. So they got these but, things. But oh my god, they got these things called emulators. Real easy to download. Oh so, yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. But that's I have. To me, I think if you play it on, you know, the actual hardware, it just feels like that takes you back in time. Whereas if you kind of emulate it. It's it's just a bit different. I mean, it's not a bad yeah. thing, but I, I think just the 
the feeling is the same. And you got to get a little crappy 19 inch tube TV, and, you know, really re- <laughs> recreate like, the experience. Yeah. <laughs> recreate I, I that that. when you were a kid, or Capri Suns. Yeah, definitely oh, Capri fuck, Suns. man. Little Maybe snack packs, little things. Lunchables. Yeah. yeah get oh, some, damn. Uh, uh, those things, uh, goldfish crackers god damn as as a 40 year old <laughs> man i i downloaded uh an emulator and i'm proud to say that a few years ago i spent an entire weekend playing metroid and reliving that it was awesome i really enjoyed it it was still as much i had as much fun playing it now as i did when i was a kid uh i i got an n64 emulator and i did not enjoy playing mario 64 on it and it was the controller ned yeah. you're totally right i was like this is not the same <laughs> i can't do this you can buy controllers i'm just a lazy motherfucker so oh yes yeah, uh, uh, i'm a broke motherfucker so that's what explains that i'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll patreon you 10 bucks you can get one <laughs> yeah you can get them pretty cheap uh <laughs> Mindwave.media. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. Give me some fucking right. money. All right, Ned. What was your favorite video? Not you, yeah. Um, so I think the game that I got really excited about the most was uh the Super Mario 3 coming out. I think that just that game really revolutionized. You fucking lie. You're just trying to get in good with dinner, man. That's bullshit. But, um, but when I was young, uh, I was revolutionary, 11- bro. Oh crap, we got a delivery. Hold on a second. <laughs> That's the alarm. What's that? What is happening in Japan? Okay. No, that's the delivery alarm. Everything makes noises. The microwave talks. <laughs> Your food is done. Your food is done. Um, the 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 I, I turn the hot water button on. I think it says the hot water is on. The hot water is on. The the fan in, in the bathroom makes noises. It's everything is talking to you. I had a Roomba. The Roomba talked to me when I lived in Korea in Korean. All the machines. Your refrigerator talks. It makes stuff. The refrigerator is full. The refrigerator is full. I, I... I fucking love it. Why are we not living in the? Why are we not fun? Why are we not funding this? Why don't we live in the future in America, people? That's that's the question of the episode. It's not just why aren't we washing our fucking hands after we take a shit. It's like why doesn't my refrigerator talk to my microwave? We should be living in the future. We should have fucking hoverboards. This is bullshit. Sorry about that. Ned's uh, actually the, the expert on that. He's going to talk quite a bit, hopefully, uh, about that particular issue. But I'm just going to say personally, I lived in Korea. They had bidets. They call them washlets over here. Um, they're great. You, you don't need really toilet paper very much uh, when you have a bidet. It gets much cleaner. But I tell my friends, and they're just like, ew, that's icky. That's gross. And so I, nobody needs a fucking bidet. Um, I love bidets. I've used a Toto washlet, and oh my god. Especially saying this as a gay man who's like buttholes are a thing in gay man world. Holy fuck is the Toto washlet a goddamn miracle. I if mean, you can afford add, one, buy one. Does that ruin um, the rimming experience? You'd be like, you're not as good as the washlet. <laughs> you're not as good as the Japanese toilet that just hits it just right. Because there's a button on there. There's a button on the remote control when you sit down on this motherfucker. You can tell her, you can tell this motherfucker whether you're a boy or a girl and it knows just where to hit you based on where you're sitting. And it heats the water temperature up to just the right thing and makes all kind of peaceful noises and shit. Japan is so far ahead of us, you guys. It's not even fucking funny. You know what's weird, right? Is I think that, um, especially with what's going on in America right now, this is a really good opportunity for... Um, 
you know, a company like Toto to to really promote their uh, washlets in America. But a long time ago, I thought that if Toto wanted to do really well in America, they should promote their product to black people. Now, I know that sounds very racist, but I think if, um, you know, like I remember watching MTV Cribs back in the day and one of the guys was like showing off how he uses like wet wipes to wipe his butt and things like that. And I think if it's a thing that like black people see as a status symbol, then white people will have to get it because they, they can't let a black person have a fancier toilet to them. So I wanted to go to Toto with that, um, that business strategy, but uh, oh. I think it might be a bit too extreme. No, well, it, as a marketing strategy, maybe, yeah, maybe a little as an official marketing strategy, but maybe as like a grassroots because I could totally see that being a thing like Toto, motherfucker. <laughs> God, that's horrible. I don't touch my booty hole. Uh, I'm not gonna cut it. I'm not gonna cut it. <laughs> but um. Uh, you know, Toto's uh, are fucking great, man. That is that is the Rolls Royce of toilet seats. That is that is the that is the gold sparkling diamond encrusted rims on them Rolls Royce. Like the Toto is oh, I, oh bro, I, I've bro. Been, I've had a uh, a washer installed in every a bidet installed in every house I've I've lived in since I lived in Korea for the last decade and. I tell you, man, I don't like the old-fashioned way. It's dirty as fuck. It's just putting Ew. paper in your asshole until it stops having a color on it. It's the stupidest thing ever. It's so backwards. And you know why we do it is because, like, back in the fucking day when we had outhouses, they take, like, newspaper and, like, rip it up into little yeah. squares and, like— pierce it on a hook inside the outhouse so you can use some fucking like rancid ass old newspaper to wipe your asshole with this like grody ass news because that's how they used to do it like way back in the fucking times why are we wiping our buckles with paper in the first place that's gross for, for those of you know for those who wash that shit use the washlet it's real simple you the water goes up there it cleans everything off you use the paper to dry if there's anything on the paper you yeah. need to wash again and that's it damp 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 clean tap Tap, tap, tap. And they it's also, beautiful. they have like, um, we were at the store the other day, like a, a washlet just arrived that we're going to install. Um, but, uh, it's not happy without a washlet. That's they get really expensive. Who? Like they'll have, um, they have ones where the uh, controls Mr. are off the side of the toilet. Oh, sorry. And then there's, um, ones where it's, uh, they also have a control on the, uh, you can put it on the wall so that way you're not even actually touching the toilet. And some of them are set up that, like, you can make it so the seat will automatically open and close for you. So oh, yeah. you don't even have to touch the seat. And what's amazing is you'll go to some, like, stupid uh, convenience store in the middle of nowhere and they'll just have an amazing bathroom. Um, well, at least a nice washlet in there. That is like a crazy thing that should be here. And because I come from California where public bathrooms are a disaster. <laughs> they it is a disaster zone that is just as bad as going to a construction site porta potty. You do not want to go into a public bathroom in California. Well, you know, I have this feeling that the reason why like even if the government or like you know, businesses wanted to put washlets in their place. I think there's this certain uh, Christian mentality towards America. It's like kind of Puritanism that you shouldn't feel good in the butt. 
you know, like <laughs> oh, we just oh, you homosexuality, and so you just nailed something be, hard. I think um, no pun intended. But butts should always be a bit taboo, um, especially buttholes. Like you can, you know, but um, that's the part that um, you know, finishes the circle of life that is food in our bodies. You know. The circle of poo. Oh, totally, bro. No, the butthole is a magical thing, guys, and you need to cherish it. Cherish your butthole. I I think that's going to be the name of the episode. Wash your fucking hands and cherish your butthole. It's a magical creature. You need to clean it and sparkle it like a goddamn unicorn. Yeah, especially considering America. Like, they got the the butthole bleaching thing now. Like, people are trying to make their buttholes look more Oh, it's trendy, yeah. But, um... You know, at the same time, they're uh, just rubbing it with harsh paper down there. Yeah, and it's it's weird because we're at various stages of it. What I was gonna the, the the splitting off point of coming from California, where public restrooms are actually pretty gross. I came to Arizona, which is lots of wide open spaces and lots of truck stops. Like everywhere has a public restroom here, and they're usually well stocked and pretty clean. And if you go into like the big truck stop ones, they have like you can go take a shower, you can get your own like little private little shower room and go like, you know, get your shit to go like go do a real bathroom experience in a goddamn like a large 7-Eleven, which is was bizarre for me to see. No, but coming out here, I'm like, whoa, you can do that. <laughs> like, that's crazy. But, those but it's like Japan is taking that shit to the next level. <laughs> I mean, if I was a trucker in the U.S. and I did what most truckers do, I would definitely need um, a you know a, a quality truck stop bathroom where I can get myself cleaned oh. up after I've killed a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so mind wave! I love it, <laughs> Ned. You're not familiar with the show, I'm assuming. No, I don't. My show. I uh, well. You you fit in beautifully. Thank you. <laughs> this is great. Uh, this is fucking great. Uh, but that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna quick tangent to origin story. The reason why I was <laughs> oh, just tangent? like, are we gonna start tangents now? Uh, it mind wave is all about tangents and rabbit holes, man. I'm gonna tie this rabbit hole. It's gonna be wormhole back to the origin. It's we're, a, we're gonna tell the superhero origin story of the episode. I think we're on the eighth tangent now, but I love it. Keep going. Uh, it's, it's that this is mind wave. Um, so earlier Facebook user, Jay Taters, <laughs> Jay Taters, um, had posted the other day, this thing, um, in, in Japan where that they have this, like in the public restroom as a thing, uh, I'll hold it up to, oh, okay. That's not going to work. <laughs> Uh, they ha- in public restrooms where like it's like a cut that you take a thing, you sanitize, you wipe the seat down for like the next guest, you sanitize the space for the next shit, and 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 that's just like culturally, it it would be rude not to. And when I go into a bathroom personally, like the idea of leaving a swirly shit stain is like mortifying to me. I would feel so shamed and so dishonored. I'm like one of those, like, (laughs) let me go back in there five times to make sure I flushed. And most Americans are just so lazy. And so I don't give a fuck. I'm going to splash it and squirt it and throw it wherever 
saying uh, this as somebody who's fucking cleaned up after these fucking people. Even the best among them, they all do it. I don't know what it is about America, <laughs> but this seems to be like the kind of culturally <laughs> elsewhere, like in the developed world. I, I no longer consider us the developed world, I guess is what I'm saying. I think we went from first to second world country. <laughs> I think um, probably a lot of Americans is they don't travel. So their idea is that America is the best country in the world. Why would anybody want to go anywhere else? And that because America is the best country in the world, everything we do is awesome. So things that um, if you've traveled or lived elsewhere, you would find a little bit backwards, even as being somebody from America. If you try to explain those to Americans who haven't traveled, um, they, they're they uh, incapable of uh, relating to it, in my opinion. It's just too much. It's beyond uh, their comprehension. Mm, it, it's a culture shock thing, which you do have to kind of travel to do. But right now, I, I am traveling because I currently am in Sierra Vista, Arizona. Jock, where are you? Uh, I am in Chiba, Japan at the moment. Yeah, we're out and in the countryside. You guys, are, you guys are in the same vicinity? Uh, he's upstairs, and I'm downstairs. <laughs> oh, okay. So yes, so same geographical coordinates, different, uh, different uh, elevation. I dig it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next time you got a minute, um, I'll my, my cell phone, my cell phone signal, uh, my cell phone internet kind of got throttled down, so I can't really make video calls. But when it comes on in a couple of days, the end, when the new month starts, I'll give you a video call to walk you around. It's a really cool looking area. Beautiful rice paddies and shit. Yeah, oh big. man, yeah, it was just like because uh, for the listener, um, we are on video so that we can see each other during this, but we're not recording that part. But I can see him, just like oh, I can see by the architecture. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, when I give you the tour, you'll, you'll kind of feel that like sense of being in another country and whatnot. But but really, you got to get your ass out here and, and check out the. But I tell you, um, we're not for dealing. Real. With- we're not dealing with really the effects of COVID out here. There's only a couple hundred new cases a day. So globally, Japan is in a really good spot. Um, I think they just gave an order to stop all public gatherings in Tokyo. So we're like America three weeks ago and way less potential to go but We were crazy. also, you know, um, we were exposed to it earlier than America. However, yeah. um, yesterday... One of Japan's most famous and beloved TV stars died at the age of 70 from coronavirus. So um, almost a Mr. Rogers type figure as far as not not that, uh, you know, he's more of a comedian, but like basically he would have a show with animals that every kid in Japan has watched. And he's like almost, you know, most young children, they would say that he's their favorite comedian. And so uh, I think it's hit pretty uh, Japan pretty hard as far as we lost a major celebrity here and they're going to take it very seriously from now. Uh, Let's I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Beloved, beloved characters. Who is who is this character that we need to introduce the West to? 
Ned knows the, knows the guy's name. I don't think – I think if you watch Mr. Rogers or, you know, Captain Kangaroo in another culture, especially as an adult, it's not going to be that awesome. But from the perspective of children, Mr. Rogers and Captain Kangaroo were like gods. Oh, my God. Everything. Yeah, his name is Ken Shimura. I, if I look up his article why on you, Wikipedia, why don't you just post, post, to share a link on that Facebook thread. Uh, Japan's Robin Williams is how they refer to him. But um, Okay. I think that's being a bit disrespectful to Robin Williams because Robin Williams is a lot funnier. Uh, this guy is, uh, you know, he's he's relatively funny, but uh, Robin Williams is just one of those uh, once in a lifetime talents that uh, we'll probably yeah. never see anybody like again because uh, I think there's too much internet. Like young people, when they're, they're going to want to do comedy, they start at a young age. They're going to just make these dumbass TikTok videos and be like, "Here I am, planking." <laughs> Oh my gosh, Americans, Ken Shimura, you guys would totally recognize this guy's face if you saw him. Yeah, icon, icon. I would not have known that guy's name, but I know his face. Yeah, Wait, for is sure. that because all Asians look the same, Jenner? <laughs> what? <laughs> Kidding. What? Uh, some poor Asian. Uh, I hey, bro. I would have been. I would have been able to tell your German genes just from your face without seeing your last name. I'm just saying. I can see them. They're hot. <laughs> no, he did. He did a video that I think a lot of Americans would have seen on Facebook uh, or on uh, social media about <laughs> uh, teaching English to foreigners. Like he was the English teacher for the class, and um, so. Uh, people probably would know who he is, even if they don't know him. But uh, let's see here. Yeah, I mean, like instantly, instantly, I'm like, oh, that guy. <laughs> oh, that guy. Because we get little bits, and the, the little bits. We get little bits of culture leaking into America from elsewhere, mm. um, which has kind of made it the melting pot. But it's become more homogenous over the past few decades. We're getting less and less of the leaking, I think, as weird a, a framing as that is from other cultures. But what most Americans don't realize is that our culture, Coca-Cola and blue jeans and honey boo-boo and whatever this weird-ass mullet meth tiger thing everybody's obsessed with right now, that is our main export. <laughs> it's culture. <laughs> the main thing that we export to the rest of the world is our fucking culture. So everywhere else in the world, pretty much, is all up in our shit. They know all our business. Who's running for president? What's happening over here in America? Because we're leading it. And we have failed megaly, like hardcore and actually fucking leading. And be it's because... Like it's, I'm gonna let you interject because, like, it's, if you know me, you know where I'm going. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Please. Uh, I'm just gonna say that that can be a little. Uh, it is true that there's no, there's no doubt that our culture is everywhere. But at the same time, what the rest of the world sees, it's sort of like uh, Budweiser. What what do people drink in America? We drink these, you know, shitty craft beers that are so popular, everybody loves them. But people don't think of our little shitty craft beers from, you know, uh, Scapoose, Oregon. They think of Budweiser. They think of these sort of uh, – and they don't think of us 
and uh, living in trailer parks and hoarding and that sort of stuff. They, they think of like nine. Well, I'm going to date myself and say 902 and 0, but whatever, whatever fucking show is popular. And so, you know, when I'm down in South America for the first time, they literally think I'm from Beverly Hills and I, I live in a mansion. And uh, so their perception of us through our media and, and uh, is is often distorted, you know, and we got the same thing. If, if we were to view Mexico through their telenovelas, we would have no idea what it's actually like <laughs> in Mexico. But that's great. They become convinced that they know us well, and I have to convince them that no, America is a very diverse place. That New York and L.A. are, are cool cities, but they're they're like night and day from us uh, from like a Portland or a Boston, which are just very oh my god. <laughs> And so having lived in Japan for 10 years, um, you know, I go out drinking a lot to various bars and out as a foreigner. That's an understatement. Um, you know, I have conversations with Japanese people and I, they say, oh, where are you from? I say, I'm from America. And that's great. And they say, where in America are you from? And I tell them Georgia. And 99% of the time is just a giant look of disappointment on their face. <laughs> like, I was so hoping you would say somewhere that I know of so that I can continue this conversation and tell you a stupid fact about uh, New York City or L.A. or something like that. And as soon as I tell them Georgia, it's just like, mm. well, that sucks. Mm. You know, they, they, it, it, it's like you guys telling me places in Japan that aren't Tokyo or Kyoto or Okinawa or Hiroshima or Nagasaki. <laughs> that's like as many Japanese cities as I know off the top of my head. And that's probably four more than most Americans know. And, and, and Which is a lot sad. Of cities that Japanese people know are cities that are only known for being disasters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've heard of Japan. Sorry, what happened to them? You know, it's like if America uh, had more bad things happen in other cities, I think uh, maybe we'd be lucky to have people know other places in America. But no, we still keep our bad things in the big cities. Yeah, the the flag that I made was uh, that. It's really weird that the American dream is living on in other places of the world when it's fucking dead here. <laughs> that, to me, because I criticize shit on America all the time, and it's because, you know what, I'm a goddamn patriot, and that's why I shit on it. Because this is wrong. This feels so fucking wrong. Well, Ugh, it's just like bell. existentially. This, it's, um, the it's the it's the bell. It's just it's it's there for me to hit it when I feel like I need to fucking hit it. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like going off at random times to like keep us on some sort of a plan. I was just curious. No, 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 no. It's the everything bell. It's the mind wave bell. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's so. Ugh. Yeah. Speaking it's, of the American dream, though, like um, I've actually found that the things that um, I wanted in life or that I think are important to have in life are actually a lot easier to accomplish. Um, and well, like in Japan, because they have a shrinking population, it makes real estate very affordable. So this house, I bought it um, in October and I paid about $65,000 total for a house. And it's got three bedrooms and a decent amount of land. And, and the idea, you know, I can get to the city relatively easily. And the idea of, of being able to get something like that in America, you'd have to be in the middle of nowhere. And even still, you know, you have to have a car to get around it's like that. Whereas I can walk to a train station in 10 minutes and then pay seven bucks and, and get to Tokyo. And so 
the American dream exists. I just don't think it exists in America right now, which is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't exist here. It exists pretty much everywhere else, which is the fucked up weird Twilight Zone shit. Well, I don't think this is the 2020 <laughs> shit that we're like, what the fuck? But it, I don't think it exists in countries where that people speak English. I mean, I think uh, I think English speaking countries are too easy for people to live in because a lot of people do speak English. Whereas if you go to a country where English is not uh, spoken a lot, um, that decreases the demand, uh, I guess, amongst people that would be willing to move there. So interesting. Mm. But also Japan is interesting because, uh, yeah, the population is shrinking. Well, we were talking, we were talking earlier about, um, about Portland, Oregon and how we kind of had our dream there. It was affordable. Um, it was, you know, a really tolerant, open place. And, you know, the $500 a month apartment that I lived in where I went to college is now probably $2,500 a month. And that's crazy. You know, I couldn't afford that being, you know, making minimum wage. Like I was going to college, putting myself through school. That's almost impossible now. And where does a young person go where they can afford their own place and, or even, you know, have a roommate and work, work a minimum wage job. Cause that's all that's open. If you're unskilled, if you're an unskilled 18 year old, good luck. You're not going to, you know, they're not going to give you a $40,000 a year job out the gate. So it's unfortunately like, I think the ladders to success have been, have been really damaged. I mean, all of us here are political. Um, we're all very active and trying to trying to find solutions uh, for those problems. But I mean, we all identify what the problem is. Is that you know, it's it's very difficult to succeed to to buy a house. You know, Ned's just just commenting on the fact of how much easier it is to be here with a seventy thousand or sixty five thousand dollar house ten minutes uh, from a train line that goes to Tokyo, you know, or to the airport. I'm gonna have to cut that. Because if I don't, then you're going to get a bunch of stupid fucking Californians flying there tomorrow on, like, cheap-ass fucking American Airlines tickets from the coronavirus to be like, I'm going to go to Japan. No, we're not putting that message out. Don't go to Japan. You don't have to worry about it because it's kind of hard to find a job here. You kind of got to show up with your – you either got to, like, lock in a good job before you come here or show up with your own cash because the Japanese immigration system is not super easy. Um, I'm a retiree. Oh no, it's it's notoriously it's like yeah. one of the hard, it's one of the strictest. No, yeah, actually, it's, not, it's not as bad as you think, um, because I've you know been through uh, the process. But like, so first of all, um, I got I had a spousal visa, um, and and they actually were you a mail order bride, Ned? Big pardon? Were you a mail order bride? Um, I think I was the one that spent all the money. But yeah, if you want to look at it that way, I was the. Uh, I'm an imported husband. There you go. <laughs> Mail order groom. Hashtag. <laughs> no, if, uh, you know, there's uh, plenty of uh, single but boring women who would love to import a foreign man. Um, <laughs> however, most of those women are probably crazy. So, mm. hey, no joke. <laughs> That's why I don't fuck around with women. I'm just saying. God bitches damn it. be crazy. Your genes dealt you a good hand, my friend. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. We get back to the uh, the top <laughs> hand, which is uh, the. Uh, Why would we go we, back to the top? We were talking about sanitation <laughs> standards, but we we tangented to my superior genes that does not make me susceptible to the same virus 
that you guys are susceptible to, which is vagina boobs. I yeah. just don't, I'm not susceptible to that. So that's, I'm genetically superior in that aspect, I, w- I would say. <laughs> well, unfortunately, your teeth die out, so I don't think they're necessary. Uh, no, my t- hey, motherfucker, motherfucker, we got science, we got we got test tubes, we got CRISPR, we got genetic engineering, we, we can ge- Jurassic Park our asses some fucking bit. We don't don't worry about. It. We're nerds. We got, got this shit. Point, He's got a point. I mean, maybe that's gonna happen. I don't know. I personally, you know. <laughs> Can we get back on fucking topic for fuck's sake? Jesus Christ. Oh, man. We are, hey, we are focusing on the fact that Americans are fucking gross and uh, Japan has beautiful fucking hygiene standards that are just common sense. It's not even like a you have to do this, like a totalitarian state thing don't like uh what's what's a classic example spitting gum out on the street in taiwan and getting caned or whatever it's not like this authoritarian thing it's just something that you do because you're a decent human being and it it goes way 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 beyond taking your shoes off at the door and not tracking dirt through the fucking person's house it's like there's like way more kind of just like and i think this ties into this is a good part of honor culture because like that was the other thing that I really wanted to touch on like philosophically because honor culture is kind of one of those words as Sam would say, like sport, (laughs) you know, you have boxing and you have badminton. Um, I think Japanese honor culture is a really healthy one. Obviously there are some really dangerous honor cultures in the world that, uh, subject people to suffering and just the worst of the worst. But I think, oh, I think that, that like, there's something that speaks to me spiritually on some kind of level that there's probably a word for in Japanese, but we don't have one in English. It speaks to me on some kind of like, Hmm, level. There's just like, there's some kind of, honor culture in in japan that's like oh my god can we please borrow that and make that a new thing as a part of this like can we just like uh well yeah i think americans are so gross they maybe that's a little bit of an outdated stereotype i don't know if japan is so much about honor uh for the sake of honor but just more of um it's about the reputation within the community. You yeah, and you know, I'm sure it's not a, a, a shadow of what it once was, but it's kind of built into the cultural ethos is what I'm is what I'm getting at into to whereas we don't have anything kind of like that outside of hardcore evangelical right wing Christianity. You're evil if you don't do this. You know, we don't have this kind of general cultural sense of this is, hey, golden rule. This is how we treat each other. Uh, clean up after your shit. You know what I mean? Like, don't dishonor your family. Don't be like a shithead. We don't really have that in America. Well, I don't, I, as I don't like know if as much that way now as maybe it was before. But I think one of the things when we're talking about um, hygiene standards and cleanliness is that a very big difference between um, America and Japan is 
in American schools, you have a janitor. In Japanese schools, the students are responsible for cleaning the yeah. school. You know? Yes. So at a young age, they realize that, A, um, you can't just make a mess at school and have somebody else take care of it. Ultimately, if you're going to make a mess, you're the one that's going to have to clean it up, um, which I think creates a very different mindset. But it also uh, – teaches kids how to clean. So when I was working for one Japanese company, you know, there's about 15 people working there every Friday at five o'clock, we'd all clean the office. And I thought that was crazy because it's like, we're adults. Why don't we just pay somebody to come in here and clean? We should spend our time uh, working. But um, at the same time, maybe that makes us take pride in the office and know that uh, we're responsible for uh, keeping up uh standards and things like that so from a very early age if that's what children are taught um i think those uh those habits are hard to break i'm gonna add applause right there i'm gonna use my apple sound effects <laughs> i'm gonna put applause right there because that was fucking great hey, I know, that's bullshit if he gets applause and i don't i'm fucking pissed dude i'm gonna uh, i'll try to chalk this one full of sound effects man i don't know when it's gonna go out but like this is the kind of uh, message that I think people need to hear during this kind of crazy oh my god coronavirus uh, I was going to have that sound effects queued up maybe I'll have it up by the time this episode goes out I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw <laughs> in a few ideas on kind of what, what Ned's saying first off Ned, Ned's an expert mm. I've lived all over Asia uh, spent a year in Taiwan a few years in Korea um but Ned is, you know, he's been living here for 10 years, so I'm going to defer to him. So I've got, but I do have some observation of my own based on other experiences. So th the idea oh, is a transplant. Yes. Yeah. Newly harvested organ. What's, what's your experience like? So, like the, the concept of honor when viewed like through the Western lens is all about samurais and cutting fingers off and stuff like that. And like this idea that everyone is going to die before they face dishonor. And it's not so much like a personal thing. If anything, sometimes the opposite. So, if for example, uh, I'm a you know I'm a you know 15 year old Japanese boy, and I throw some trash on the ground, chances are someone's going to see me. And unlike America, where you have anonymity all the time, people throw trash all the time. And why don't they stop? Because no one's going to go home and tell their parents what a little shithead they were. In Japan, you do that, and I guarantee you, someone who knows your mom is going to watch you and they're going to they're going to either do the shitty thing of talking behind your back and talking about what a horrible family you come from and how awful your parents were or they just might march over to your parents house and tell them so people in Japan um, are sort of policed uh, culturally because there's in America we don't have that you, where, where where do your second cousins live what are their names we don't we don't know we don't care those are just random people because we're all spread the fuck out everywhere but in other countries, people tend to, to grow up and die within a few miles uh, of the same place. So generally speaking, they have to be on their good behavior because they can't sully their reputation doing something sort of stupid. And now there's a downside. So the, the, the end result is I get a nice clean place and, I, and nobody knows my mother. So uh, I don't have to worry about that. But for Japanese people, it can be very stressful. I meet a lot of Japanese in the U.S., uh, mostly women and some men who are stressed out of constantly being judged. Like they can't, 
they can't dye their hair. They'll, it'll, it can be bad for them. Their family, you know, again, the same sort of dynamic comes into play. And they get to America where nobody gives a fuck what they do, and they love it. Um, some don't. Some come right back. But some are just like, you know, I don't ever want to go back to that craziness. Yeah, they're, I think, free from um, the structure that binds them in Japanese society. I like to say that um, most people in Japan spend their entire lives wearing a uniform. You go to elementary school and kindergarten, you wear a uniform, you wear that. Then you go to college. College, you might have a, a bit of free time. But then as soon as you're done with college, then you're back to wearing the salaryman uniform or the bus driver uniform or the, the part-time job uniform. So I think people are here are a little bit more... Like I don't want to say cookie cutter, but they're kind of forced into this mold that maybe not everybody is uh, meant to fit into. But at the same time, um, that's what society has always kind of uh, had around them. So they don't necessarily think it's wrong. Um, but it's very difficult for people that want to live outside of um, the normal uh, Japanese uh, stereotypical society roles. Interesting. See, this is a fascinating area where we can actually help influence a new because Mindwave is all about, you know, individual empowerment on some level. So I feel like if we embrace Japanese culture and then kind of reinforce this like individualism, because if you look at, you know, classically um kind of homogenous uh zones south korea is a great example like seoul is like the goddamn sparkle land from the lego movie it's just like this fascinating colorful place where there's all this amazing culture and music and fashion and it's just like and then yeah how, how far north do you have to go before you get into like uh... so there is kind of like a dystopian beauty to order in the right in the right amount. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Japan's like <sighs> and then China's like <sighs> like they, they they take the order I think a little too extreme and that I I will be critical of China on this show because you know what motherfuckers there are two places on earth that our show is not and I am pretty sure it's not because we don't have listeners there. I'm pretty sure it's because they're using VPNs like NordVPN, which you should absolutely use. Uh, we are not sponsored by Nord, nor will we ever be sponsored by anybody. But if you are in another country who likes to cut off your fucking access to the rest of the world, use NordVPN. We don't have a promo code because we're not getting paid to tell you that. But <laughs> Russia and China, we have zero listeners in Russia and China, according to my fucking statistics. Okay. Uh, and it's because I'm like 99% sure I have used Hong Kong in a sentence on this show for several times. And I'm, it's just like, nuance guys there's there's levels there's levels to it's not all like the robots are coming to like terminator us into submission it's just like there is a a calm kind of centered 
rational level of not even control, but just like groundedness, if we can even fucking call it that order, order to the fucking crazy universe that we live in. Like American culture is so fucking distorted, disordered, and and just it, it's a nightmare. The whole system is a fucking nightmare. Can we, like well, that's really what this I is. I agree with that. Um, we were talking in the car earlier today about how there's so many things about America that are great, but maybe it's hard to appreciate them if you haven't left America uh, for a while, and so. Ooh. People overseas are are way uglier than I've lived all over the world, and, and I'm not going to shy away that Americans can be horrible, evil people uh, to some degree. But I guarantee you, man, everywhere I've been, it's it's a lot worse. Believe it or not, it's just the inability to speak the language and understand what they're actually saying. Um, a lot of the places I've lived, I've encountered ex- like extreme racism, worse than I even saw in the U.S. Just, but there, they don't think it's racism because racism is something Americans do. And um, so, like, it, like talking about politics, um, you know, I, I was talking with someone about the situation of hikikimori, people that are shut-ins and unwed unwed mothers in Japan, and Japanese don't give a fuck. They don't care about those people. I mean. They do and they don't. They they really, you know, um, the fact that we would talk about those things and we would want to help them, uh, we're kind of light years ahead of most countries in, in a lot of those respects. So I understand what you're saying. From I had the same perspective as you, but once I went abroad, I kind of what, what you you just said earlier, which was that there's this this sort of beauty, but there's this dystopian reality kind of underneath. Seoul, Korea was like for me was was the epitome epitome of that. I lived there both as a student and as the military, and I was in love with it at first. But as I got deeper into the culture, and I and I it just God, you know, it just made me honestly what I saw of how they think and how they view the world. Honestly, like it made people from rural Alabama look enlightened. To, to be straight up honest with you, their views on other countries, other cultures, and social issues. Now. You know, before people flip out on me for this, I'm going to say that the young people who are college educated, smart people don't feel that way. They're just like us. But I'm talking about the people on the streets. Just like if you went to rural Georgia, you would probably get some encounter some racist people with very fucked up views. And it's the same thing when you go to rural Argentina or or, you know, rural Italy, for that matter. You're going to you're going to find a lot of the similar stuff that we already have in the U.S. So I'll turn it back over. There's also like when you're in a country as uh, a tourist, uh, you see everything with yeah. rose-colored glasses because you're staying in a hotel, you're going out and eating at restaurants, you're going to you know, tourist sites and things like that. You have money for shopping, so you're you're seeing things in a way that hey, this is like I'm at, at Disneyland. But you know, for the people that have to work at Disneyland, um, they're not really that happy. <laughs> you know? Man, man, I know yeah. several people who have worked at Disneyland. That is a true fucking statement. It's very I, cool. You get to go into like secret tunnels underground and shit. Yeah. That part's really cool. But working at Disneyland is a I, shit job. That is so, that is so funny because all of us are aware of that. So like uh, I was in the military. I got a chance to go back to Disneyland, which I hadn't seen since I was a little kid. And I was so happy. I'm like, yay, I'm a 20 year old man going to Disneyland. But I was stoked. 
and um, I see this girl. She's selling ice cream, and I'm just like, hey, you work at Disneyland every day. That's so cool. And she just looks at me like, I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. My life is <laughs> miserable. I just stand out in the sun and sell fucking ice cream all day, man. But you think you think this is awesome? Would you come take my job, bitch? You know, and she didn't say right. any of those words. She just gave me that look of total like you're yeah. a fucking idiot, dude. And I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah, real quick, real yeah. quick. That Disney magic fades away real quick when you realize, like, and I've known you got to stay. You got to go. The people who go in the big ass suits. Fuck! Put that. Put on a big ass fucking furry suit in eighty degree weather and go, go wave to kids and give them hugs and like, <laughs> fuck that! Are there you are- kidding me? Those that's like one of the worst jobs in California. I think. <laughs> Sorry, there- Disney. You don't give me money. There are two. There is um the people that get to play like the princesses and princes. You know, because uh, they're just being paid to be attractive and um, oh, God. Make, like sick kids feel better and stuff like that. So that's probably the best job that you can get at Disney. But um, I think the worst <laughs> job is the guy that has to uh, clean any restaurant that um, is an all you can eat buffet. Because <laughs> Americans are the type of people that they will go to the buffet, eat, and then go take a shit. Right to fill up, you know, get remove some of that space in their stomach so they can keep on eating. And I just I have bad memories. Uh, that yeah. Again, Americans don't. It's a cultural zeitgeist thing, and of course, and this is there are areas of American exceptionalism, and I don't think America is especially bad in this regard but i think we are especially powerful in our influence on the rest of the world to where that gives us a greater responsibility that we're not taking seriously you know we need to remember not only what it says at the bottom of the Statue of Liberty, but we need to remember the torch at the fucking top of it, and we need to light it again and show who we really fucking are. And, oh, bros, I just got way too deep. Totally sorry. It's my bad. It's mind wave. It's fine. (laughs) But that's really what this is. It's like the American exceptionalism, the good parts are like that, like, Oh my God. Like we sent all these people to the moon. Uh, but then like all these years later, we're like, uh, we haven't sent anybody to the moon in a really long time. We're not sending anybody fucking no place. We're not making advances in shit. Sending we could have the moon is beat the goddamn, uh, we could have beat the large Hadron collider to the finding the Higgs boson well before if we would have built our own goddamn super collider. But we were like, no, it's nerd shit. We don't have enough money. Let's give the banks a trillion dollars a day so they don't go out of business. But you know, as, as we kind of talked about before the show, you know, I did a lot of foreign policy work before I became uh, a, a unemployed retiree living in rural Japan. Um, and honestly, I felt really good about the work I did, and I felt very good about the, what U.S. foreign policy was trying to accomplish, which is – it's very simple. We want to develop the countries that are poor so that they can become trading partners. We're not 
it's not an altruistic thing, but it is the result of trying to make the countries better, trying to increase their economic wealth, their health, sanitation, those sorts of things. Um, and I felt great about that. Even, you know, it didn't matter for me whether it was Bush or Obama that, that was the, the guy at the chief because American foreign policy had a general direction. And all that happened was whether it was Bush or Obama, they just kind of turned us a little left, a little right. But we still were moving sort of forward in that development. I can tell you honestly firsthand that since Trump has become president, it's just become a complete shit show in the foreign policy world. The entire American government, we saw with this COVID crisis, there's no one driving. People are criticizing and all this stuff. And it's basically we, we're seeing what happens when the when our White House, when the president's office is not capable of responding, which is every state is fending for itself. It's sort of like, as I was telling Neto, it's like the War of 1812. When, when the British showed up in the War of 1812, we had no standing federal army that, that was able to take on the British. And as a result, every state was left to fend for itself. After the War of 1812, we said, fuck this shit. We need to get an army and a navy. And we coalesced as a nation. That's the same sort of spirit that made all the nation states in Europe. States make wars and wars make states. And, you know, this was further reinforced. But every America needs a crisis. It needs a crisis or it won't. Do, it's like anything. But like if you give me a ton of money, I'm not going to do anything. But if you made me poor, I'm going to be productive. I'm going to get what I need to, to sort of survive, you know, and America's kind of like that. We Ideally, we, we could have a good state and then be more creative. But unfortunately, unless there's a COVID or a war of 1812 or a civil war, America's just going to get by on whatever, whatever it needs to just not have to do much. That's the uh, famous Winston Churchill quote. You can always count on Americans to do the right thing after they have tried everything else. <laughs> You know, America has the ability to do so many amazing things. Um, and, and when America is like focused as a country and wants to accomplish something, um, I don't think there's a country in the world in, uh, anywhere near them as far as uh, overall capabilities. But, um, you know, because America is, you know, the land of freedom, uh, people want to do what they want to do. They don't necessarily, you know, it's not like, ask not what your country for can do for you but you can do for your country it's more like well i'm just going to do what i'm going to do and um you know peace out rather than i think having more of a uh, maybe a bit of patriotism in the sense that you're going to fight for america but like uh let's do the right thing uh for america you know, what how, how do we how do we help make america a better place and i, I think so many people um if they kind of had that mentality America would be a lot better. And, I'm, you know, with what we're seeing in some people's reactions to to COVID, it's, uh, you know, it's heartwarming. But at the same time, why do things have to get so bad before people start doing the right thing? What was the, uh, God, was this from a Hong Kong subway thing? It was like, we can't go back to normal because normal was what got us into this in the first place. Um, or or some variation of that, the, some piece of subway graffiti that was very beautiful. Was this uh, in the protests? Uh, uh, I believe this came out of Hong Kong. It, I may be misremembering so, that. So the, uh, the conspiracy theorist in me likes to think that uh, COVID is a way for the Chinese government to take Hong Kong and their um, all the protests. You know, let's uh, unleash a very deadly disease and not 
control it. Not that I actually think that that the Chinese government did this on purpose, but I don't think the the Chinese government is too upset that um, it's made it difficult for people to go out and protest. Hmm. No, certainly, and and this goes to this goes to conversations that I've had recently in the daily discussion, uh, which is a group run by my friend Connor uh, and his podcast, the Daily Discussion. It's fantastic. Um, but this conspiracy theory idea kind of like, oh, this was genetically engineered. This is a big, scary thing. And this is a, a, a opportunity for me to tell you, the listener, no, that's not the 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 likelihood that this thing is engineered in heavy quotes is practically nil. Uh, definitely. Uh, Genetic analysis, if you look at the actual molecular architecture of the virus, it shows several features that are that can only be explained by what we understand as natural evolution. So, no, this is not a bioweapon. We do need to be concerned about bioweapons, though, uh, kids. We're going to cover that in a series about the future, which we are calling something that we don't know yet. But we have, um, I made a note here because there is a there is an upcoming series that is planned. That's notes are being sketched called Reclaiming Patriotism about what it really fucking means to be an American and what, what our values really are, because I feel like so much of it is just that it's just that we've lost it and i'm gonna tie it back to stan motherfucking lee if i got to pull at your heartstrings listeners stanley spider-man america you are red white and blue you are fucking spider-man you have the coolest fucking superpower but with great power comes great responsibility motherfuckers we need to use it better we need to be a better example to the rest of the world is that um God. superman was an illegal immigrant <laughs> yeah we love him uh, um, absolutely and the right wing Christian assholes went crazy when uh, fucking Wonder Woman came out and just, they're like she's not American enough and they're like bitch she's from the Amazon are you like <laughs> what um, on that on that note on the, the bio, so military background um, I didn't work with bioweapons but I had a lot of colleagues that did as I understand, our we did at one time we were researching biowarfare because you got to understand. I mean, I'm I'm oh, very totally. much I'm very much a U.S. foreign policy apologist. Not to say like things like Malay and the toppling of Jacobo Arbenz in in Guatemala were horrible things that should never be repeated. But that being said, a lot of the other decisions we make were much more in the gray area and the gray area of doing bad things, the world was under threat of a communist takeover. And I'm just going to say that, like, if you look at the places like North Korea, Vietnam, uh, China, that and Eastern Europe that had fallen under communist control, the atrocities that happened, the amount of human suffering was immense. So when people talk about those, those horrible things we did to prevent the spread of communism, I'm going to say, look, man, those number of people who died in that particular operation, uh, how, how does that compare to 
who, what, how many people did in fact die when, when the Soviets took over, you know, and those are very, it, it doesn't excuse everything we did, but I think it kind of gives us a little bit of perspective. So in terms of biowarfare, we did have a biowarfare problem because again, we wanted to stop the Russians. We thought it was life or death and it kind of was for a while there. Um, we kind of gave it up, though, because quite simply, once you unleash a biowarfare weapon and if it's really successful, there's no way to control it. And it's just like it's like creating uh, some super robot that kills your enemy and then just kills everybody else. And right. that's kind of biowarfare. And that's why the U.S. I, I'm sure we I, I believe we're mostly on the defense. We may have I, I'm unaware of any sort of secret uh, offensive operations. It's totally possible. It's plausible. But just that basic standpoint of why we just continue, because it just doesn't make sense to start something that will end up killing a ton of your own people. Well, the other thing about um, you know studying like biowarfare and things like that is if you want to, um, you know, prevent it from happening, then you kind of got to be aware of what these germs are. Is there yeah, a way to interact them? So our, our biowarfare used to be based out of some island. Uh, actually, like right next to the Statue of Liberty did a lot of that, the, the testing. And it's mostly defensive. We have all kinds of vaccines. I got vaccinated for oh, fucking some animal disease uh, when I went to Iraq. I can't remember the name of it, but it's just some unheard of medieval disease that if the enemy unleashed on us, it would totally it could devastate our, our military. So they, they vaccinate us against that. We have a we have defensive measures that we're always taking to kind of prevent those kind of outbreaks. Uh, yes, <clears throat> I'm sure it's like the blood plague. No, it's something normal. <laughs> it was a common one. And the fucking the fucking vaccine yeah. sucked. It was the worst vaccine ever. I'll, fuck, I'll go look it up now. God damn it. Uh, Is it is it dolphin flu? No, I came up with dolphin flu because I'm like, well, we got the bird flus and we got the pig flus. Now we got the bat flu. (laughs) Jesus Christ! When do we get dolphin flu, motherfuckers? I want to know when I get my dolphin flu. Eating dolphins or having sex with dolphins, and I think when most people have sex with dolphins, they use a blowhole, which is not an actual. Oh God! You just invoked the once you best got fucking Ricky Gervais bit ever. <laughs> hey, is that, uh, the best drunk history bit ever? B. Is that, is he quoting something else? God damn it! I hate not knowing. I don't even know because, but uh, <sighs> that's you know, <laughs> this is personal. It's just anecdotal, right? Just yeah, personal. Uh, you know, most people like. If you're going to go all the way to have sex with a dolphin, like you're going to go for the blowhole because most people who would want to have sex with animals would pick a normal hole. But you've obviously picked a dolphin for a reason. It's the blowhole turns you on. And dolphins do that. Dolphins do that too. They're like, I'm going <laughs> to fuck you in the head, mate, because you got a big hole right here. It's convenient. It's hard to get up and up up under your flippers. It's weird. I'm just gonna hold right there. I'm just gonna fuck that. Dolphin rape. <laughs> yeah, no, dolphins rape each other in the head. I can't. I can't make a dolphin noise. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck the Jenner's impression of a dolphin noise on a few scotches. <laughs> Holy fuck! God damn, this is gold. Yeah, I might might have to drink some sake now because that's the only more <laughs> Uh no, but the 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 <laughs> Jesus to tie it 
Oh, reground, recenter. Um. <laughs> um. No, but it is. It is. It taking taking in the larger picture. Okay. It it is sobering. It absolutely fucking is to take in the larger picture in this the the thing. <laughs> Before we went down the amazing rabbit hole that was super entertaining for the listener, you're welcome. Um, in the daily discussion was around the narrative that we used to describe the problem where somebody had posted um, something about like, oh, more people have died from COVID-19 than 9-11. And uh, I had to do my little number crunching Crumninger thing where I was like, well, how many Americans commit suicide every year? And I did the math, and this is this is a growing thing in America. This has gone up skyrocketing. The numbers on this shit are fucking terrifying. Thank you, handguns. But, uh, yes, thank you. Um, it... It is the average, the last time that we uh, bothered to look was 3,750 people, which is a lot more than died in 9-11, which is not to disparage 9-11 and is not uh, counting, you know, the it's aftermath. I'm not trying to denigrate that at all, but I'm saying that's the number of people who died this fucking month. Yeah. The people who committed suicide in March of 2020, if we're using our regular normal metrics, and if we are considering the fact that people are being terrified by the media fear porn and forced into isolation, that number is probably a lot fucking scarier than the thing that I just gave you, which was the last kind of average that we could guess based on how many people fucking killed themselves the last time we counted. No, and I, That's yeah. how fucking serious this is. I'm looking it up on um, the internet right now, and it said in 2018 there were 42,773 people that committed suicide, right? And so Japan is a society that where um, suicide is, seems a lot more common, but... Um, recently, suicide rates have been going down dramatically. And there's quite a few things that Japan has done to uh, decrease the suicides. And amazingly, one of the things that has done a lot to prevent suicides is they just put doors on the train stations. Right? So, like, you know, when, when people are feeling suicidal, most of them don't necessarily plan it out it's more of like, okay, we see, they see an opportunity because, you know, something just sets them off. And if you make it difficult for them, uh, you do a lot to decrease the suicides. They did this back in England way back in the day where um, a lot of people used to uh, kill themselves by putting their head in the oven and um, just like the gas would uh, choke them out or whatever. So they changed the type of gas they use in their oven. And <laughs> if you take away the things that make it, you know, easy for people where it's just like, oh, if I just jump off the bridge or I just fall on the train tracks you know, then your suicides are going to go down. And then in America, it's just like, well, you can go to a gun range and rent a gun and shoot yourself in the head. And then the gun range people have to clean it up. <laughs> 
Well, so basically you're saying is we should remove dolphins from Ned's vicinity to cut down on the number of dolphin sexual assaults, which is a rapidly growing problem in, yes. apparently in Chiba. Japan. You know, in, in, probably, immediately. You're not thinking properly. First of all, um, you think I'm interested in live dolphins. Um, so it's <laughs> probably, oh. I don't need a lot of dolphins. I just need one in my living room that I keep in the freezer. And then I put it in the bathroom for a while to warm it up, and then I put it back in the freezer. Ned, Ned, I live with you, man. That fucking dolphin oh, tastes really man. salty. That really makes me worry. They eat dolphins here, by the way. It's a, it's a thing. Uh, they, they totally do, which is I another thing about yeah, so, so here Japan. You. Go to the place. Fuck are you, weather, and fuck are you, dolphins? You go to the place where they kill the dolphins to eat, right? And you'd be like, yeah, um, can I get a whole dolphin to go? I don't need a cut up or anything like that. I'm just practicing at home. And the whole thing was just Oh, open. my God. So oh, just, just, you don't even have to check it out. Can you just leave me alone for like five minutes? Yeah. Wait, okay, 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 okay. Because I know tentacle porn is a real thing. It's like, is the like dolphin meat fleshlight trend an actual thing? No, I think it's just this one community where they've always done it. Oh, and... oh man, I got I got oh, yes, is very rare. God. However, I was in a grocery store yesterday and I saw <laughs> whale meat in a can and was just like, "Holy fuck!" It's well, just there was like three three different brands of whale meat that I could have chosen. <laughs> Ned you tried know, to fuck uh, them all. Should by have the way. a taste test to figure out what's our favorite canned whale meat. <laughs> Which was your favorite uh, one for uh, epic purposes, Ned? We can have uh, do some promos for it. What's the best brand of canned whale meat for making love? I mean, sorry, or whatever it is. <laughs> well, it oh, God. How warm you want the meat, you know? like uh, Nice and blubbery. Nice and blubbery. Uh, just, oh, you got to get the jiggle. You got to get the jiggle. It reminds I me saw of the... F- I I'm sorry to do this. I saw the funniest fucking thing earlier that was China is just a zoo with a menu. Oh god. Quote quote from Stefan Molyneux. What did what did Stefan say? I'm familiar with that guy. He's interesting, a kind of a China's nut. just a zoo with a menu. I don't know anything about the guy. I actually He's an interesting don't. fella. His his uh his his statements on modern art and why it's so disconnected is really good. Everything else he says is a total fucking shit show. I I, I haven't listened to him, but I know that Alex- society wants me to think he's a Nazi. Yeah. But this is an interesting <laughs> interjection point, and I'm gonna say I'm a, you guys, I'm gonna take this so I'm going to introduce a sound effect right here to be like, zoom. Um, Stephen Mullen. Wait, 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 zoom. Milo, I'm talking to you. I know you listen to my show. I know you're a fan. I like you. When are you coming on the show? That was a personal message to Milo Yiannopoulos because I guess Milo Yiannopoulos great, is also. Wait, Ned. Now we're now we're Nazis, Ned. Are you are you happy? <laughs> oh, did you guys not realize that you that you would automatically become Nazis when you come on my way? And you know, I'll throw that out there. I'm also Jewish, so we're gay Jewish Nazis now. Yay! Yeah, um, you know, it's like maybe we change what it is to be a Nazi. 
<laughs> Let's make it cute. It should be about fucking well. That's what being a Nazi. That's what the real tenets of National Socialism here. <laughs> that's why they failed. Not enough whale fucking. So let's talk wow. about Japanese baths, right? Uh, right. We talked about toilets. Um, the other thing, the other thing that was uh, brought up. Gee, wow, that was an amazing tangent. I'm totally leaving it in. I'm just gonna be scarred for life. I'll be in therapy for fucking two years <laughs> about Ned fucking. God <laughs> damn, uh, beautiful. J Taters, J Taters, J Taters, J Taters, J Taters. Uh, they also at she. Uh, she told me they also have in food courts. Um. In, in like places they have open sinks where you can wash your hands. You don't even have to like go to the bed. That's like a thing there. And I was like, oh, yeah. what? Even at like, a lot of convenience stores in front of um, the register, they'll usually have a sink there. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people would it's use really it. Nice. Their hands. But we went to um, a Japanese um, kind of a family restaurant the other day. And before we could go in, they had this bottle of uh, rubbing alcohol and they said, spray it on your hands and clean your hands. And, we'll, you know, if you don't do that, we're not going to let you in. But that's that's uh, a new thing. And most likely they might just keep it around because yeah. it's not a bad idea. No, it's it's totally not. And this is why I'm so glad that, like. Americans are finally being like, okay, um, maybe cooties are bad. Um, and remembering what it was like to be six and be like, ew, don't get your spit on me. Because uh, we all had that. When you're nine years old, you're like, you spit on your hand and, and shake on it. You know, it's like, that's the only way I'm doing business. We got to spit on it. I'm, I'm going to throw a sort of cultural, well, just kind of a different reference. So, I'm generally against, how do you say, um, attributing things to culture, like ideas that South Americans are lazy and, um, you know, not hardworking and Asians are super hardworking. When you see those things firsthand, they, they don't they don't mm. always come out in the wash as being totally honest and truthful. There is some truth to everything. However, um, I oh, of course very- not. Stereotypes are bullshit, but they exist for a reason. They exist for a reason, precisely. But there is something very interesting. So in Japan, the restrooms are super clean. We're at a 7-Eleven in the middle of nowhere, and there is an electronic bidet with, like, you know, dry, wash, all the whole thing, and this super nice uh, hand washing with a, with a, with a, with a, a literally a hands-free washing machine with uh, an electric dryer. I mean, literally at a 7-Eleven, I think of all the 7-Eleven bathrooms I've been to in my life, oh my and most of them were just stuff <sighs> nightmares. Yeah, just like, uh, yeah, just just a complete mess. Um, but there's a little more to it. So, uh, so countering my own statement about how I generally don't like, uh, you know, cultural uh, statements, there is a bit of truth to it in this case. So when I was reading a, from a Chinese author in the 19, I want to say 1910s, uh, talking about his experience using Chinese restrooms and Japanese restrooms. And he said, basically, it's like this. He said, Chinese restrooms are for smoking a pipe. You get in there, you smoke your pipe. As soon as you like, you know, two minutes, you do your stuff, you get out of there. Because it's disgusting. They're public restrooms. They're not clean. Yeah. And this was, and this is, this guy was, was, was educated and elite. And still his restrooms were disgusting. 
And at the same time in Japan, he referred to them as newspaper, uh, newspaper reading, whereas you would sit down and spend five minutes reading, you know, 10 minutes reading the newspaper because it was super calm and clean and quiet. So there is a bit of a cultural aspect that Japanese tend to have a much more they're concerned about the cleanliness and orderliness of public spaces. You go to China, yes. man, it is fucking insane. They're shouting and running and everything's dirty. They're throwing trash on the ground. And I don't mean that as the Chinese people are negative. It's just a, that is a cultural aspect. I mean, Americans, probably not much better. You know, we're, we're kind of dirty. We throw trash all over the place. We don't pick up after ourselves. But there is a bit of a cultural aspect in that the Japanese have this sort of idea of things being sort of clean and orderly. So um, when we talk about China, I, I went there a few years ago and I was horrified the first time I went to a bathroom at a restaurant. Um, you know, it made the shit want to stay inside me. But <laughs> Made you not want to fuck that dolphin. No. Um, but And I was ashamed for taking the dolphin in there. Like I felt embarrassed afterwards. You know, usually I like to take my dolphin into you – know, my, my dead dolphin is used to Japanese-style bathrooms. You know, the hot water keeps it going a little bit better. But, um, you know, the Chinese-style bathroom, I, I honestly felt bad for the dead dolphin that I have sex with that I took to China for that purpose. And I sold it afterwards. I made a good profit on that one. But um, China, right? Nobody has brothers and sisters. They had their one-child policy for a very long time. Can you imagine living in a society where nobody has brothers and sisters? It's a bunch of sociopaths because over <laughs> on the street. It's not your brother or your sister. It's somebody else. It's not your grandparents. It's not your parents. So, like, you know, why should you care about somebody that's not you, especially because they're never going to be related to you? Um, and I think um, the other thing that I wanted to say is when I first came to Japan, it was in 1997. Um, back then, um, you'd see a lot of people in front of train stations handing out uh, tissues with advertisements on them. And... I was like, why are all these people handing out tissues? You know, who needs tissues? But at that point in time, um, the train stations didn't provide toilet paper. Because if you're, you know, a, a train company and you're like a, a station like Shinjuku, you can't be like refilling the toilet paper all day long for a train station that have millions of people going through it. So people would end up bringing um, those tissues and using them as toilet paper. Now, you know, you have the, the washes and things like that in most places, but... Um, you know, the idea that um, Japan's always had amazing bathrooms is kind of funny, especially if you've seen the uh, Japanese-style washing bathrooms, which is, you know, for women using kimonos. Those things are terrible. Hmm. I just wanted to point out that according to my um, lazy, drunk Wikipedia rising, uh, about 8% of uh, men in that part of the world are related to Genghis Khan, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. I think every, like, 1% of the world's population is Genghis Khan. Uh, 0.5% of the world's total, according to wikipedia.org, descent from Genghis Khan. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Genetics. Fascinating. 3% of, of dolphin DNA is Ned. Well, new dolphins. <laughs> oh, fuck. Is there like a weird... Okay, 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 okay. I, I, I have to look up Japanese river dolphin 
because I pr- I'm pretty sure this motherfucker is pink, and this is such a fucking mind wave moment. Oh my uh, god! Okay. I saw pink dolphins when I was in Brazil in the Amazon. Oh yeah, yeah. I swam. Holy with it was cool as shit. Fuck. They didn't. They didn't play with me. They didn't like fucking. I didn't get to like touch them and roll around with them. But you know, I saw them. There were some in the water next to me. You guys, you guys, mind wave listeners, you guys. Do you realize the crazy just cause the? Okay, it's like when br- when neurons in the brain snap together for the first time, and when shit like snaps together. Do you realize fucking pink river dolphins in Japan just like tied back into the entire mind wave universe and connected the whole thing into a crazy cosmic web of fucking like insanity? Oh my god, that's beautiful. That is the most beautiful thing. Pink river dolphins. Jesus Christ. Look at them. They're oh, yeah, beautiful. man. They actually have pink ones. Google that shit. Yeah, the, those ones are like the little cute little bottlenose. The ones in adorable. Uh, big ass um, I need you to stop turning me on right now. Like, I'm trying to concentrate <gasps> on this. Yeah, he has a, And he has now a, you're asking me to look up um, pornographic teeny, images. Teeny, pink at it, pink at it, I was I was trying to remember what the other what the other because I remember the first one from my. Oh my god! I remembered that like that like it was the back of my like riding a bike like riding a dick as a as a more inappropriate podcaster would say. Hey, we're not about that. We're not about that. Anataranji <laughs> Fucking, it was like, I rape rainbow zebras or something. It was some absurd sentence that I learned in Japanese. And those are the only things I ever learned in Japanese, except for some numbers. <laughs> so, um, one of the other things I want to mention about... Um, uh, Japan is the fact that they have public baths and they've had those uh, for a very long time. So, um, yeah, I know. Yeah, it is. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jenner. Go ahead. Uh, people mm-hmm. in Tokyo did not, wouldn't have an actual bath in their house because that's expensive and there's not a lot of land. Um, but they would have a bathhouse near their house that they would walk to. Um, and they'd pay a little bit of money and that's where they would take a shower and a bath and there'd be other people in there. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of disappearing, but they still definitely exist. And there's, they are, you know, if you look for apartments in certain, uh, parts of town, they won't have, um, any kind of sour facilities in them, but you can go to the place around the corner and pay like two or 300 yen and, 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 uh, chill out there for a while. And $3 U.S. These, you know, these things have been around for a very long time. And then they also have what is called onsen, which is more of a natural, um, like hot spring uh, type bath. And those can be found all over the country. And there are some some areas uh, that are very famous for them. So I went to one um, in Beppu, which Beppu is the most steampunk looking town um you can ever imagine because literally there's steam coming out all over the place uh, it's not that cool it's a, sucks. it's a bit boring you know because yeah, it's old fucking people. insanely boring i went there looking to party my ass off and i was bored out of my fucking mind you you have to realize that um 
the Japanese bathhouses for a long time, um, they would have a woman working there that would help you bathe. And the more that you paid, uh, the cleaner certain parts of your body would be. And so um, now the... Uh, I, we, when we were at the bar the other day, the guy was telling me that um, traditionally, uh, well, up until maybe 20 or 30 years ago, they used to use the word Turkish bath in Japan for... Um, <laughs> the, I don't the, know what the, that means. The bathhouses where you go to get sexual services. And these these things still exist. But that the Turkish government got mad at them. So now they call it <laughs> called a soap land. And so have you ever uh, looked into um, the Japanese... Japanese documentaries about nudity and being with partners. I may, I think there's a term, uh, more of a scientific term for it. I think it's called pornography. Um, you'll <laughs> it's, um, you know, they, they got the bathhouses and they're on the, the, the mat and getting the massage and stuff like that. Um, but that's um, a very legit business in Japan that has been going on for a very long time and is still uh, totally legal. I am... Totally sure, because you're describing bathhouses as, like, that's the way people used to get clean. And I'm like, totally, yeah, like ancient Rome. And, like, the public bathroom in ancient Rome was a gross place, uh, from what I understand. But, like, bathhouses were also gross. But that's how... That was the kind of cultural ethos. Was like, of course you don't have space in your little hole that you have to sleep in. Well, to go do that, that's a luxury. And I feel like if we had like sexy bathhouses that were like clean and non skanky. On the Roman bathhouses, by our standards, absolutely, they're gross and disgusting. But I guarantee you, if you went out, I would have been there every day. If you went out to some village (laughs) in the countryside, I mean, I guarantee you, they're just shitting and shitting in buckets and throwing out in front of the house, which was common in Europe until God, the the they're, they're, <laughs> they're gross by my modern 21st yeah. century Purell standards and Axe Body Wash standards. But I it, don't get me wrong. If I was in Andrew Room, I would have been there every fucking day. Yeah. So like on that on that subject of like bathhouses, uh, for my gay friends in the U.S., I'm very fucking envious of you guys because as I understand it, as my gay friends have told me, is you can go to a bathhouse and pretty much have – as much fun as you want. Uh, uh, is that true? Is that, you know, you, it's, it, it's not even like a bathhouse thing. That's like, if, if I wanted sex right now, I could do that on my phone as quickly as well, I, I could order a pizza. I just got you piece of shit. No, it's just like I could do that for free as easily as I order a pizza, yeah, but I don't do I, that because I'm not one of those. I I don't do that. Yeah, I, I mentioned you know, it on the show before. I've been celibate for like six of, years. Um, you know what's coming, but you know I online dating. You know, I I, I have a feeling yes. that like most grinder hookups um, end with a lot of shame. You know, it's like, well, I was forty, and he wasn't what I wanted, but every last <laughs> fucking one, it's a mess. It's a mess. Grinders are a mess. It's a fucking mess. Grinders disgusting. 
So and, I have met some really cool people who were just like quiet, shy nerds who was like, I wonder if there's anybody else out there. And I was like, I found you, bitch. And now you're my best friend. Uh, I found a handful of those, but mostly it's just like, hi. And then they're like, here's a picture of my butthole. And I'm like, <laughs> Ew. and you're like, I can tell Do you right? not have a washlet, you know, <laughs> get your ass a washlet. God damn, buy you a Japanese toilet seat. That shit will change your life. In, in Korea, when I, when I talked to my uh, Korean gay friends, they talked about the bathhouse phenomenon because Koreans go to bathhouses and obviously separate from homosexuality, they just go to bathhouses. It's kind of the same as Japanese. But the, but my gay friends will go to specific – there's certain bathhouses where you only go there if you're gay and they have a lot of fun in there. Um I can do the same thing, but I just have to pay a shit ton of money unless there's women out there. Some hot bathhouse out there with hot women in it that wants to play with me. Give me a call. Uh, the, the, the Twitter profile is down there at the bottom. A lot of the bathhouses in you anonymous, sir, who you asked yeah. me to you asked me to change your name and then you used your real name. And I no, I did it. not use my real. That was my. Your real first name, but I bleeped it in post. I bleeped it in post, so uh, they didn't hear it. Thank God I heard it. Code name. <laughs> yes. Shock. Uh, bathhouses in Japan, especially like uh, onsen and stuff like that, I think a lot of them used to be um, co-ed because people would go there with their families and all kind of bathe together. So it wasn't necessarily um a sexual thing but i think after um world war ii MacArthur came in and they kind of said hey uh yeah. you guys can't really do this and um you know and prostitution used to be legal in japan uh for the longest time like when uh people think of geishas and stuff like that those are the the highest uh, prostitutes but um nowadays uh the thing usually they got a women's side and a men's side but they'll switch it up. So one day you'll go there and the men are on one side and the other day the, the women are on that side. They just kind of switch around the entrances. Um, and um, so I, when I first came to Japan, I was staying uh, with my girlfriend's parents at the time and they took me to um, you know, the, the bathhouse near their house. And it was a very interesting experience for me because I didn't really speak much Japanese. I didn't know what I was doing. But I remember... Um, you kind of get a little uh, a little stool and you got to take a shower first, but you, so you sit down, you have the shower with the, the hose on it and you wash around and there's a mirror in front of you and, you know, there's, there's <laughs> and so I was in there um, washing myself and I looked at myself in the mirror and then I looked down at my penis, which I thought I was looking at in the mirror, but I something looked off. I was like, why is my pubic hair all dark, uh, dark black with gray streaks in it. And then I realized um, the mirror doesn't go all the way down. There's a little opening so you can see the junk of <laughs> I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you, you know, give the view of somebody else's junk? It's not like, are they that deep that they're not going to build the wall all the way up? So that was kind of an interesting experience for me to look down and see myself with another man's dick on my body. <laughs> I think everybody should have that experience at one point in time. You're a trendsetter, Ned. The important thing is I felt like a winner there. Um, <laughs> I won that competition. Oh, oh, totally. Uh, and this is, uh, oh God, I'm going to have to look up the penis transplant story this week in science that happened a long time ago, but it's a really funny story. Uh, the guy they got that a operation though, right? 
Huh? It's an adedictomy. Uh, I did not know that. <laughs> hey, Ned, what's the name of that bar downtown or down to the? What's the name of the bar? It, it's uh, I th- it was a black guy and he got a white penis and I think that was the funny thing <laughs> that I was gonna point out. Well, that that's probably a sad adedictomy. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it uh, it was either no, because if it was a white guy with a black penis, that would have been. That would have been a different story. I'm pretty sure it was a black guy and he got a white penis and it was like, oh, I still love it. It's a penis. I'm happy to have one again. I was like, good for you, bro. <laughs> good for you, bro. Empower your penis, my bros. I'm I'm starting another uh I'm starting another series called Reclaiming Masculinity, which is uh gonna be kind of free and open, you know, sex talk, dick talk. I'd love to get in on that. I think it's all all that you're already plugged into like five of my series because masculinity has kind of been toxified in a nasty way. I got a kind of an interesting story on that. So I was raised by a single mom and I really had no understanding of masculinity whatsoever. I mean, uh, you know, I learned everything from my mom essentially. And so I didn't even really know what masculinity was. And then later, as a, like as a young adult in college, I kind of explored the idea and got to kind of play around with it and, you know, some cool stuff and some stuff I didn't like. But then all of a sudden, like, what was it, about five years ago, everything masculine just suddenly became toxic. And it's just – I think that is toxic to, to – not to say there isn't toxic masculinity, but I think that some masculinity and some femininity are, are healthy and normal and should not be – vilified and unfortunately no one's saying hey that's healthy masculinity all it is is no what you just did is toxic masculinity and it kind of i hate to say it but men men and women both need to kind of be explore themselves and not be shamed uh for exploring what they feel is their masculinity or femininity for either Mm -hmm. And that's another series, which is a mini series in a series called Human Nature, which is a spinoff series called Reclaiming the Rainbow. (laughs) That's cool. Oh, man. Mindwave is going to go so many directions. I wish I wish the production schedule could keep up with the ideas because it's oh, my God, it's a million miles an hour. It's light fucking speed. You got to pick and choose your battles. You're doing a lot of great stuff, but it's, there's so many awesome ideas. I'm in the same boat. It's like you got to kind of triage. Say, look, these three ideas are going to live today, and the rest they're just going to hope some other day comes for them. They're going to choke to death on their body fluids. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I made note about YMCA because I lived in an old YMCA building for a while, which was very cute, which was just, it was kind of Japanese style. It was like, you get a card, you have a tiny little room and all that's in there is a bed. And that's all you just go, bye. And if you need to go do a potty or take a shower or whatever, that's a separate place. You can get into that with your key. Uh, That was very cute. I lived like that for a while. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of liberating actually. Where was it? Uh, this was in downtown San Diego, the old Y, I think it was on G street fight. No, not, uh, or Broadway. I think it was like right on the water. I, I forget what the place was, but it was, it was the old YMCA and that's how it was set up. Cause that's how it used to be rooms upstairs. You can go and 
Tank and Beth, it's fucking great. You know, I feel like we kind of like this goes this the sexual repression thing. I feel like there was an important note flag to kind of tie back a string, if you will, a red piece of yarn from one pin to the other to that sexual repression thing or about this kind of like vis-a-vis MacArthur era. Um, I was just talking just in terms of our own own shit and just like that kind of like uh yeah. people like are if if America has a culture to define it's extremely sexually repressed, whereas yeah, other cultures are much more free and open like the Germans are a beautiful example yeah. of like it's not such a big deal for them. And it's like the same the thing. French, yeah. I mean. with, with alcohol and sexuality, it's less of a taboo off the shelf sort of thing. And they're much more casual with it than us Americans. I'm, I'm very envious of them. I wish we weren't so repressed about those things. You, you know, Americans, what do we do? We go to college, you know, uh, we turn 18, 19, and we just start bench drinking because we've never, we basically have to self-teach ourselves how to deal with alcohol. And the result is, a lot of alcoholism, bad alcohol incidents, but you you find a lot less of that when you're overseas because alcohol is not taboo. It's a normal thing that anybody can have right. access to, and therefore no one feels the need. Oh, I finally got this stuff. I got to go crazy with it now. It's like they've they've kind of already done that. I was the one guy in Argentina getting drunk at parties because I'd never been exposed to alcohol before. America needs to make it illegal to pay taxes. You know, be like, "Oh, you're paying taxes. You're a rebel." You know. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I I have some libertarian ideals. Uh, I guess, but I understand like the necessity of taxation because, like, no, I was. Just, I mean, I, I was just joking I, when I said I wanted to make it illegal to pay taxes. <laughs> then, like young people would get all excited and be like, "Hey guys, guess what I just did today? I fucking paid my taxes." More taxes I'm, than you. I'm a better taxpayer than you are. You can't even hold your taxes, man. That's it. That's cute. That's cute. No, like people don't understand where the money is actually going, and if they did. This so much of this shit comes to, just down to intellectual laziness. People just are ready to be triggered and outraged, and they don't actually care about any of the like the numbers. For example, but I blame all of that like, for Murdoch, you know, and this this whole outrage media. Like, if if the if you watch the news and it makes you angry, yeah, you feel that shit. We're getting hit with an earthquake right now. Not too bad. Is. But the walls are shaking. That's are you sure crazy. That's not masturbating. <laughs> is there any dolphins in the in the house? No, uh, we just we're getting hit with the earthquake. It's still going on. The walls are still shaking. It's crazy. Oh wow. Yeah, we get that's a second earthquake I've experienced here. Not too bad, but they can be pretty strong sometimes. You're in a. It isn't Japan a volcanic island? Uh, it's on the, it's, it's on the, the ring of fire, which, so yeah, it's on an active fault line. Oh boy. Okay. Bye. 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 It was nice knowing you guys. Uh, (laughs) Actually, you know, awesome conversation. Um, I think we should do it again. There's a lot of real cool topics and you can kind of, you know, pick through and pull up some threads that you wanted to kind of expand on. But I think for Ned, Ned, we should get some food. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's about time for us to go out. That was a magnitude oh. four point six. Wow. Uh, and wow. it was how far away it was from us. This is off the um, eastern coast of kind of the Kanto area out in Ibaraki, which is a it bit is. south of where Fukushima is. And it like a minute. That was a long one. That was crazy. Where we were, I'm trying to see if uh, we can get. We're in Japan, Ned. Duh. No, I'm just trying to see as to how how much it got here as far as uh... so ned I, i'm really disappointed by you right now because um we're about to take off uh, and say goodbye to our good friend mr jenner but we have not talked about one thing which i think is crucial and that is we should take our little friend our son to uh the bar with us and who might that person be ned that is uh the lovely and very, very nice Nishikun. Now, for those of you listening, if you don't know who Nishikun is, I want you to pause the podcast and go Google Nishikun, N-I-S-H-I-K-U-N. Again, pause the podcast and go Google Nishikun to go to the photos. We'll wait. Okay, now you're back. And oh yeah, boy. so our friend Nishikun is, is staying with us for a while. Um, he uh, is in between houses at the moment. And uh, he's a really cool guy. And uh, he's crazy as fuck. He's, he's – God, how do I say this without being diminutive? He's an awesome person, but in a way, he kind of like – I like – you know, he's kind of nice and he likes to – you know, he kind of want to take care of him. So it's like having a kid. You, your kid you? also drank all of your alcohol and was also like a kind of a bit of a womanizer. That's kind of so. Is just, wait, 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 wait. Because I realized, I realized that this became a humanity first episode a while ago. It became okay. a humanity first episode. It's it was going to be something else about just being stupid, stopping stupid Americans. Wash your fucking hands. But if we're getting fucking Nishikun on the fucking show for like a hot second. Holy fuck. I, I already have a thing. Adult entertainers for Andrew Yang. I already have a group that I'm just like you guys. His story is amazing, and he's the sweetest guy ever. He doesn't speak English, but Ned could totally translate for you. you could, I'm sure oh. you could talk them both into doing it. Now he, wow. he likes being like in media. Um, they sent him to Uganda for... Um, what the a, fuck? That, that was his, that's the only time he's been overseas. They sent him to Africa. Uh, this was NHK, which is uh, basically Japan's PBS, but it's funded. Uh, you, like, if you have a TV, you have to pay the fee, kind of like in England. And they sent him to Africa to see how disabled people live there. Did he do any um, uh, videos while he was there? Mark. No. <laughs> Did he do any so. work then with the with the locals? That would be uh, <laughs> no, no, he didn't. But um, he's been with but, so many hot chicks. It's not even funny. It's not. It's yeah. It's kind of sad yeah. actually for for the rest of us. But great for him, I guess. Well, when when you were telling me to look this person up. I was like, you're telling you, I'm looking it up on Facebook like it's one of your friends. I'm like, nothing's coming up. You're like, no, just Google it. And I'm like, this is, it's coming up like porn. Like, this is like hardcore XXX Japan hardcore dot 
JAP or whatever. Was, he's, whatever they're he's not doing that stuff. He's just a regular guy who who uh, <laughs> does computer programming and drinks all my liquor. He's just a regular <laughs> guy. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, he did that for about a year, and um, I'm jealous. Good on him, man. Yeah. And so in the apartment that um he used to live in, and I lived there with him, they actually filmed a movie there. And I used to sleep on the couch. <laughs> Did you sleep on the, the couch while they were filming? The uh, same no. couch. Tell the story better, Ned. You fucking suck at this. No, that, that's yeah. afterwards. The same couch. But, um, <laughs> Get real close to the mic. Was it the same couch? And, and, and the nice thing about Japanese pornography and a lot of the stuff they yeah. did with him is they tried to make a story to it. <laughs> the story is just ridiculous. <laughs> I hate it when they do, and this is why I don't do gay porn because gay porn is so much worse. I've seen straight porn, the but opposite. gay porn is so much worse than straight porn with the bad storytelling. It's like, hey, you're my stepbrother, and we're gonna be naughty. It's just like, oh my god, this is the worst garbage I've ever seen. Yeah, am I am I not wrong in saying for the for the group that with porn videos, if they're gonna do a story, there's nothing wrong with sort of gradually easing in, have some good acting, kind of make me believe that this co-ed wants to give her friends a massage. Just there is a yes, it's just a cheesy. If you're going to do this storytelling thing, do it right. And you know what? You know what? I just realized Jacques, Jacques the Cock, uh, which is my new nickname <laughs> my new for name. you. Jacques the Cock. Jacques the Cock. Uh, I think because Studio Stargazer has a lot of things on the menu for shit to produce. I'm producing a lot of delicious little candies. I think I'm going to have to produce a fucking porn. At, at at some point, I think I'm gonna have to like take it old school, and being like, I am going to produce a pornographic film, <laughs> and it's gonna be fucking amazing. So I go and to this event. Amuse well, every last bit of this conversation. <laughs> they, they stopped doing it recently because the guy that ran it went a bit crazy, but um, it was kind of like for people that um are a bit underground and in work uh, related to the sex industry and things like that. And um, one of the guys that would go there, he was the main porn actor in Japan in like the late seventies and eighties. And so he has some interesting stories and I'm friends with him on Facebook. And then now there's this one guy in Japan that they've written about quite a bit, um, even on foreign media sites, about like the hardest working man in um, Japanese pornography, because there's, there's not a ton of actual actors, and he's like the most uh, famous actor. Um, and so he came over one time for a party at Nishikun's house, and um, the dude didn't drink alcohol. He was drinking protein drinks had to work out all the time because he fucking makes three movies a day. Like, <laughs> people in the industry here in Japan take it way too seriously. You know, it's um, it's very much a profession for them. And, um, you know, he he's very famous. He's on TV quite a bit, not um, 
you know, daytime TV, but like kind of the late night uh, cable stuff. But um, so it's weird if you're watching a movie like, oh, I know that guy. Wow, I've seen that girl in person. You're like, wow, that's pretty cool. But um, that's hot. I, that's only happened to me a couple times in real life where I've like met some in San Diego because it's like one of the San Diego or LA is like one of the only places that can happen where you walk down the street and I'm like, I've seen your dick and butthole. Yeah, and that's the that's the best part is because because you've seen their butthole, you don't waste all that time imagining what their butthole looks like. You've already got that in place. So you can just go on with your life. Yeah, I would say that, you know, gay porn, not having watched a ton of it, you guys definitely have tighter standards on who gets into that because obviously it's the, the cream of the crop. With straight porn, it's it's much less like, do you have a pulse? Are you kind of attractive? Are you not so obese that you can at least get yourself onto the set and it's just shoot, roll camera? Yeah, don't don't go to X-Tube. <laughs> It's like no, it is. It is. It's the same thing. It's like ninety nine percent amateur bullshit. You have to search very hard, which is, and you have to search through the grossest stuff ever. So why, like me as a gay man, I just I don't even mess around with that. If if like I could afford to invest in like some premium top shelf shit, like I'm buying a nice bottle of scotch that can be featured in my cabinet of entertainment uh then that's a different story but no that's just, just porn I mean, I, is fucking gross it feels like people so spoiled like back in the day you know if you wanted to get pornography first of all you'd have to go to a store and buy it and in my hometown um we didn't have a store you had to go to the flea market in order to buy pornography and there was this one video store in the back there and um being uh, from the semi-rural South and where that um, the flea market slash flea market with porn store was, um, there was a lot of pornography uh, that um, kind of shocked me because I didn't think that would be you know a huge seller there. But I think uh, people really do like taboos and and um, you know in this day and age on the internet, uh, you're gonna find something that caters exactly to you, and if it doesn't exist out there. It's your job to make it. So if you are unsatisfied with your choices out of the millions and millions of choices that you have out there, that's just a higher power telling you, go out and get it done, son. Speaking of that, Ned, let's get to the store and get some whale meat. It's going to close soon. All right, let's do that. (laughs) Ned, and listen to the show because you just plugged into every last little bit of it. Yeah. I'm like, this is all about sexual liberation and individual empowerment and fucking just like unleashing it all on the fucking universe. I loved every fucking second of this conversation, you guys. Like, honestly. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for um, having us. Yeah. The the first of many times, it was just like we barely, barely cracked the net. I feel like I I have to have a new, a whole new, like, what's going on in japan and i like downloaded some royalty free uh anime music and we'll see don't anime music good. uh well i look forward it's, to the opportunity it's uh, fun. Sorry, 
uh, we do have to, uh, we're, we're going to say goodbye uh, and do plugs and shit. Uh, but remember, kids, this is recording to your computer, so don't close the window until your audio saves. Oh, we got to send it to you. It's a sub hum. Oh, don't worry about it. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> I have no idea how anything works. I'll keep my window open. Oh my god, it's you guys. That this don't is know this anything. Is... I'm fucking old as shit, dude. Really, really. Message of the episode: Wash your goddamn hands. Wash your goddamn butthole. Learn some goddamn respect. Honor yourself and your fucking brothers and sisters that you share this planet with. Don't walk out of a fucking place leaving it all a goddamn mess. Clean up after your own goddamn self. Take your shoes off when you go into a stranger's house. Learn from Japan, America, because you're fucking gross. You're fucking gross. I have been Jenner. This has been Mindwave. Thank you very, very much to my beautiful guests, Jacques and Ned. Thank you guys for popping in and uh, hanging out with me tonight. This was so impromptu. It was just like... Coronavirus. What do we need? We need Japanese toilet. That's what we need. We need Japanese toilet. Very, very true. Very true. And we can put some links on Amazon to um, our recommended and tested wash list. I think you should title the episode "Ned Has Sex with Dolphins." Would probably be more accurate. I. I, The dark. Sexy, sexy, tiny pink Japanese river dolphins. <laughs> of course, they're freshwater. You got to get the, that fresh meat. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, guys. We will right, talk thanks, to you thanks, next sir. time. Awesome talking to you. Real honor. Uh, uh, hugs, hugs and kisses, man. But, uh, for real, adorable hugs and kisses. Uh, leave All the right. window open. We'll talk soon. All right. Good night, brother. It's hard, Good night, bye. All right. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please... Oh my gosh, I totally forgot to credit our royalty-free anime music, which I acquired from Tandes.com. All the music on the site is property of Soichi Sakagami. All rights reserved, do not use unless you credit, which I am absolutely crediting. The track you are hearing, a beautiful anime track, is by Tayatari. It is called Romance, and the vocal is by Ayuru Uhashi. And I don't have time to read the rest of the names, but it's, that was great, right? It was fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You have a really good taste in podcasts, clearly. So you probably also have a good taste in friends and know somebody who would enjoy the show as much as you do. So share the love. It's what we're all about. Special thanks to the friends of the show who make it possible. Rob J. Wilson, Corey Wilcox, Phil Ord, Travis Meyer, Heather Cook, Julia May, Boonhem, Lena Miller, and Jerrine Elkins. Join the Mindwave universe at mindwave.media to be a part of the Mindwave journey with us. Also, make sure to check out the other content creators in the Mindwave sandbox and please help us support their work. Give us a follow on Twitter at Mindwave Podcast. If you think I'm cute, you can follow me at Mindwave Jenner. And if you think I'm annoying, wait until you see my Twitter at Mindwave Josh.
Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time. The Mind Wave Podcast is produced by Studio Stargazer.